Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome to your weekly edition of the cards cast and it's a cards cast where we're going to wrap up university of louisville's 2020 college football season i'm cardinal cardinal authority senior writer michael mccammon joined as always by publisher Jody Demling, it was it's a, a season unlike any other, a season like I hope we never have to experience again. But you know there there were some strangeness to it, some oddities to it, some twists and turns, some quirks. But there was also some good. Uh, you know, some of the, one of the big goods is you know they wanted to play 11 games, they got 11 games in, not necessarily the way it was mapped out, but they got them in. And Louisville certainly a disappointing end of the season, uh, but, but a lot of wasn't I should say it wasn't the, the record that they were hoping for did finish it on a nice note defeating Wake Forest on Saturday 45 to 21 but some like I said a lot of some positives some negatives to take take out of it but something they could certainly grow on as they look forward to 2021 yeah and I, I mean you say some give me a break Michael it was a lot of a lot of craziness not some craziness it was a lot no um I don't know what to uh, I, I I don't know what to expect um, from from moving forward out of out of Louisville, because quite honestly, I don't know what we got this year. I, I, I don't I shouldn't say I don't believe what we got this year, but I truly believe that that what we saw this year was not indicative of what this team can do or what they will do kind of moving forward. And And, and I'll explain that in the fact that. You know, um, I keep going back to the point uh, that Scott Satterfield and Dwayne Ledford made several times throughout the year. And that point being that um, that this they didn't they weren't able to use this is a staff. And I know it's corny and I know a lot of people don't still don't like him right now because of everything that's happened. But the fact of the matter is that this this staff has a special, they call it a secret sauce. And that secret sauce is the, the way that they can kind of stay with their guys, the way that they can, uh, um, you know, the way that they can uh, 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 maneuver guys and make guys, you know, look, they played harder last year. They played more as a team last year. They were able to do things together. 
Um, and, and, and I know Coach Satterfield told me after the game on Saturday, he's excited to hopefully get back to where in January or February, I guess February is when it would be for to start a spring ball, that they can get back to some of that secret sauce. And then moving forward, we can see what's really indicative of this team. Look, the defense improved a ton. And the offense uh, uh, fumbled a lot and, th- and threw the ball to the other team a lot. You uh, you clean up all that stuff, and I think we could talk be talking about you know six or seven wins instead of four wins, Michael. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, and you know, coming into the season, you know, not just myself and you, Jody. I mean, pundits, you know, throughout the the, the city as well as nationally, when when they were talking about talking about this upcoming global football season, it was about how much this offense is going to carry this team, how far they can carry this team. And it was just going to be, okay, another hold your breath and see if the defense can just improve just a little bit. Um, And the way the season kind of started off, it looked like that was going to come to fruition. But as it played out, the defense really, you know, grew up. I mean, we saw them, you know, make a huge change after that really, you know, you can call it an embarrassment. That's really what it was down in Atlanta, Atlanta, the, the loss to Georgia Tech, a game they should not have lost. You know, they made a change where Brian Brown and Scott Satterfield decided, you know what, let's start hitting, let's start tackling in practice. And it, it made a big difference. We saw it from the Notre Dame game on, and it's a, a defense that, yes, it still, you know, had its mistakes, and there were some blown assignments and things like that, but they, they are also able to overcome a number of guys, you know, out because of COVID reasons. And, they, you know, they weren't able to create turnovers early in the season, and then we saw that start to tick up a little bit late in the season. So I think you really have to tip your hat you know, and kind of give a round of applause to what the defensive staff were able to do, you know, facing a really difficult first portion of the schedule, you know, and and and, and a poor overall performance. And then, as you said, you know, offensively, just way too many turnovers, you know, and, and I've said week after week after week, if they could just cut their turnover rate in half, we're probably talking about at least six wins for this team. But the reality was, is they weren't able to do that really until the final game of the season. I mean, they won the turnover battle against a Wake Forest team that had only turned the ball over once coming into that game, which was a crazy stat in itself. But Louisville was able to turn them over. They held onto the ball themselves. And, and, and you see what the result was. Now, you know, obviously, 2020 is where it was. You know, Louisville had a lengthy delay. Wake Forest's delay to getting back on the field was nearly a month. You know, so there's a lot of X factors that you have to play into that. You know, the, the senior day hype, you know, and, and getting it. But you, know, you really have to, you know, Looking at this last game, I was quite impressed because you really weren't sure what was going to happen because of all the, the Scott Satterfield off the field stuff with South Carolina and how that went. And, you know, and the press conference was kind of a dud. But, you know, how would you know, we, we heard from the players, they still had his back. You weren't sure what was going to show up on Saturday. And, and really, um, you know, they got down early. Um, the, the special teams miscue kind of put them behind the eight ball, as has been the case all year long. But as we've seen all year long, even when they've had these turnovers, Jody, they still didn't give up. I mean, most of these games, they were fighting to the very end. They just kept shooting themselves in the foot. On Saturday against Wake Forest, they shot themselves in the foot early, and then from then on played pretty well. Um, Even while, you know, uh, uh, somebody who's never played center in Austin Collins playing center with your third or fourth string running back going over 160 yards without Tutu Atwell, you know, catching passes. You get somebody like Jordan Watkins having a big game. Big day. So, you know, I thought it was a day where great, great opportunity, you know, to congratulate the seniors and also a reason to kind of get excited for what could come in 2021. Yeah, I think that I think you're right, Michael. And I think when you really look at um, at the roster moving forward, 
the biggest thing is going to be roster management. You know, we gave you some names last week of guys that potentially could come back. Um, one of those guys, Rajay Burns, has already made the decision that he's going to uh, going to attempt to try to go to the NFL and move on and make his uh, and take his you know career you know professionally and that kind of thing. I, I don't I don't think that's a shock to a lot. I know the staff was hoping um, that he would have been one of the guys that they could you know that they could get back. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, he was on the senior bowl watch list, so he's got a little more national, um, I guess, uh, hype's not the right word, <laughs> a little more national credit, uh, than the other guys. Um, you know, I think CJ Avery is a guy that they could get, to, you know, could want to come back. I think, you know, you look at Ian Pfeiffer and Cam DeGeorge, um, you know, guys like Cole Bentley, Mitch Hall, they, they would love to have those guys to come back and it'll be interesting to see, you know, who does and who doesn't, um, as far as, uh, uh make that return. And, and I think that will tell us how good they'll be next year, because if some of those guys don't come back, quite honestly, they're going to be really young next year because, you know, when you look at it, you had 21 freshmen last year, 25 freshmen this year, and you're going to have 20, I, I would say 22 freshmen coming in next year. So you're talking about you're, you're going to have uh, about 40, 50 something guys in one class and they're all going to be freshmen, even though some of those guys got to play this year. It's still very young. It is, you know, and we saw some flashes of, of you know, of what could potentially be some good things. Uh, obviously, Jalen Mitchell, as I mentioned, Jordan Watkins, um, some guys that really showed the, the potential of becoming impact players and are going to really need to be uh, starting with next season. But, yeah, if you can get some of those veterans back, um, it's a huge, huge. I mean, it's it's kind of like almost a small class of grad transfer uh, commitments almost, you know, and, and obviously they're already familiar uh, with the schemes of Brian Brown defensively. and and Scott Satterfield and Dwayne Ledford offensively. So if you can get some of those guys back, I mean, that's that's a huge bonus. And, and it's not just going to happen at Louisville. It's going to happen elsewhere. So hopefully Louisville will be able to, to, to get some of those guys back, have some of that leadership return to help some of those younger guys continue to blossom because they're going to need to. I mean, next year we're going to, you know, it's it's going to start looking more like the Scott Satterfield uh, recruiting class team. You know, some of the younger, these younger names are now going to start creeping up the depth chart and become really key players. Yeah, and, and I think that that yeah, that's definitely true. And I also think, Michael, that uh, um, that it's also true that uh, uh, that some of these freshmen uh, that they're going to sign in the next few days are going to come in and, and, and play right away. I mean, you're talking about uh, that's the thing. You're talking about a, a group of guys. Right now, it's 22 commitments. There are 24 spots available. Um, you're talking about a group of guys that have been committed for a while. And like you said, they kind of know the staff and know what the staff really wants. They kind of like each other, so to speak. I mean, that's that's a big that's a big thing and a big deal. Um, and, and when you really look at it, um, it's um, it's it, to me, it's interesting um, because they're. I mean, I'm, I've already picked up five or six guys that I think could play right away next year. You know, I mean, I think Ben Perry can come in and play right away. I think Travion Cooley can come in and play right away. Um, you know, I think uh, Kenai Walker um, can come in and, and at the cornerback spot and, and play right away. Um, you know, when I look up and down, um, you know, the list of, of, of other guys, um, you know, Christian Pedersen, um, you know, and, and all five really of those defensive linemen are going to be needed to come in and play right away. Um, so, you, you know, there's a there's a 
there's a lot there. Uh, there's a lot to work with, and, and and I'm excited to see how that they can get these guys in and uh, uh, and see what they can do. Michael, I, I think the biggest thing um, for for the the staff is now um, moving forward, getting getting the guys that are on campus, the guys that are on this roster and coming back, is to make sure you don't have any surprises there. I, I don't think there will be. I don't anticipate that there will be. Um, but you know, you don't want any surprises as far as guys that you expect to be back and guys that, you know, uh, that guys that are, that are going to be key role players for you. Uh, you don't want anybody to, you know, to surprise you and, 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 and leave early, uh, so to speak, they were expecting to, to, they were expecting Hawkins even before all this happened. So those guys were expected. You don't want any surprises. And I think the staff can keep everybody else together. That's going to be huge for them. Yeah, as we had on the the site this morning, you know, uh, you know, Puma Pass, Anthony Johnson, both have hopped in, in the transfer portal. Um, you know, Puma was kind of, you know, expected to be gone. How he was going to depart was maybe a question mark whether he would, you know, stay in football or not. You know, certainly you know, wish them both the best of luck. Neither one of those uh, really that that will take you know a shot at the Louisville depth chart. Like you said, you know, I think they, they do need to obviously make sure they hang on, you know, to, to pretty much everybody else on the roster, you know. And one of the good things is, um, you know, I think the way it ended on a, on a high note against Wake Forest certainly helps. It left a, a good taste in their mouth after a, kind of a really up and down, you know, kind of odd season. You know, and the fact that spring ball for, for Louisville is, you know, it comes quicker than most. Uh, so that's going to they're able to kind of turn their attention on 2021. A little quicker than some of the other programs might, you know, so that that hopefully will be a feather in their cap as well. And Jody, you, you know, we're going to have some things you mean, on you this. You mean 60 up. days? Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, they're going to have some of these, kids, they're, they're going to have some of these kids that are going to sign on Wednesday on campus here in just a couple of weeks. So no, I, I mean, yeah, I, think, gonna, I, I literally think spring ball starts in 60 days. I mean, I think that that's, that's where we're at right now. I mean, you're, you're so, so yeah, so you're so you're talking about a, a bunch of guys and, and moving them forward, moving guys in, getting them here, and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's exciting to see where uh, where this uh, program can be and what they can take uh, moving forward uh, uh, out of this season. And we're gonna have some, you know, we've got some great content coming up National Signing Day uh, on Wednesday, you know, for the, for the early period, which has basically replaced the the previous February date as far as all the hype and where the majority of the, when when the majority of the kids sign so we're gonna have some great things coming up on that on, on who we think is gonna click early you know and we're gonna feature that do a thing on the offense we'll do a thing on a defense so keep an eye on that as the days progress here as, as wednesday uh, approaches uh so but yeah looking at this class with the 22 they've got i'm excited for it i think there's some guys that are going to surprise especially you mentioned those defensive linemen having an opportunity to, to impact early because they're going to be needed. I think there's some guys on that on that group which we'll get to in some of these features that are probably a little undervalued, you know, for a, a couple reasons. One, because they may be out in the middle of nowhere. Two, because of the oddity of 2020 and maybe they didn't have a season, so they weren't able, you know, to put themselves on display like they normally would have been. So um, look forward to to kind of putting those things together for the site uh, for National Signing Day as well. But it looks, you know, it's it's a class. You know that uh, you know, does rank among the best. You know, as far even with ranking or average prospect rating, it ranks among the best the school has ever had. So certainly things trending in the correct way. Yeah, and and, and I think um, you know, like I said earlier, I think there's going to be guys that 
that uh, that sign and, and impact right away. And there's going to be guys that are going to be around for a while that uh, hopefully their careers, you know, pan out and they play a big part. You know, I look at a guy like, uh, you know, I look at a guy like TJ Quinn um, as a, as a guy who, who can really um, to me make an impact. He could make an impact early on because of the program he's coming from and the level that he plays at. Um, but I don't expect him to, um, I think he's one of the guys, you know, I think Lovey Jenkins and, and, uh, and, and Josh Minkins are going to be huge next year for Louisville. I think Ben Perry comes in and, and plays right away. Um, and I think Braylon Oliver is a guy that, uh, is maybe the most underrated guy in this, in this whole class to me. So you look at TJ, a guy like TJ Quinn, and I just hope that he, he can continue to get better improve and uh and, and and i think he can play right away but i think his impact will be felt more uh down the road you know same with a guy like Grant's connor a guy like Derek edwards those guys are going to come in and and they might take some lumps because they're young um but i think they're guys that are going to be you know guys that stick around this program they're high quality kids they'll stick around this program for a long time uh and really kind of see this thing through uh, with Brian Brown. This is really, to me, the first class that uh, even though it's COVID and they haven't had visits and all that kind of stuff, to me, this is the real class. This is a real test uh, for Scott Satterfield and his staff because these are the guys, when they, even when they got here the next year, they were always behind in the class of 2020. Even though they had a bunch of commitments, they never really got out and were able to do the work that first year. So they were always behind. This is a class they've been working on for two years. So this is a class that's much better off in my opinion right now uh, than what uh, any other class that they've had uh, to the, to the two classes they've had to this date. So uh, I, I think that this, this will tell us a lot about the way Scott Satterfield and his staff can recruit moving forward. I agree. You know, and we've had an opportunity to, to go out and visit, you know, in person, you know, socially distanced, masked up and all that. Uh, with with a number of the kids in this class, and, and Jody, I think you'll agree with me, up and down, you know, whether it's been in person, on the phone, on, you know, via text, the, the relationships that, that you could tell that they have formed with these coaches. And I know a lot's been said because of the, the recent coaching uh, speculation about the, the culture that Scott, Satter and his, Scott Satterfield and his staff are trying to create. Well, one thing is certain with all these kids, they all have uh, the personality that you want in your program. I mean, they're, they're all driven. Um, but they're also, you know, great students. They're, they're kids that have quickly become friends with each other. You know, so they're, they're guys that want to come in and it impacts, you know, not just on the field, but also in a positive way in the locker room. And to me, if you look up and down this, this, this class of commitments, I think every one of those kids, you know, hits the check marks on all the things, you know, that the coaching staff has always preached that they want in a class. And, and like you, you know, this is the class that really needs to, to kind of take that, that step for the program and, and, and kind of push the class of 2020 even a little bit because there will be, there will be some guys on here that, that push to make a spot on the depth chart. And just remember over the course of the next few weeks, the, uh, over the course of the next few weeks, the transfer portal is crazy. There's yeah. uh, uh, somewhat like there's like 30 guys that have put their name in the portal on Monday alone. And we're not even uh, into the evening on Monday. There's like, uh, you know, 200 in the last week. Now it's, it's insane. It's nuts. Um, it is a, uh, it's a different kind of recruiting. Um, and while this class is going to be finished for the most part on, uh, on Wednesday, 
I, I anticipate the staff, you know, filling out in those last couple of spots with transfer portal guys. Um, I do think at this point, and now we're, we're taping this on Monday afternoon, and uh, uh, it, it can always change. Um, but I do think that the final couple spots in this class will come the, via the transfer portal. And, and to be quite honest, if I had to guess right now, I think they, the, uh, the order that they would want is an offensive lineman, an offensive lineman, and a best of on the defensive side of the ball. Not necessarily a best offense or defensive lineman, but the best guy that they can maybe find on, on, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, with Rajay Burns not coming back, versatility will play a big factor uh, for, the, for the team, you know, next year. Um, and, and they'll have to move some guys and, and, and plug some guys in, I think. Uh, and, and that's that, that card spot you can do that with, with me saying that. I think that uh, um, I, I think that you, um, you see it, Michael, that, that I think defense is getting better and deeper. I do think the offensive line, I think they figured out when they were missing Cole and Robbie, you know, Robbie was out uh, the last week. Cole Bentley was out the last week. And you also have Cam uh, uh, to George who didn't play. I think they realize, okay, we've got some guys, but we need more depth. Um, and, 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 and it'll be interesting to see because, you know, you've still got guys like Luke Kandra uh, and, and the young guys this year who need to move, take that next step to get into the rotation. So you've got to, you need more than a couple guys. What? If, and I'm not saying none of those guys are going to work out because I do think Luke Kandra will be in the rotation next year. But what happens if you get an injury or what happens if you get a couple of those guys that don't pan out? You've got to make it. Uh, well, you know, Austin Collins was great this week. Josh Black played well this week. Um, but uh, but, you know, that you got to do it for a whole year. So. Um, so, yeah, when you when you see transfer portal, just know that Louisville's looking at a bunch of guys. I really truly believe right now Monday afternoon that the two um that the two game the two guys in the portal the top two things could end up being offensive linemen and like you said there there's gonna be a ton of kids in there and you know, so I think they're gonna have a you know a nice selection to choose from and I agree with you I think that the offensive lineman is the is the priority when when they start to dig into through and sift through the, the transfer portal and, you know we could have a long discussion about the transfer portal, Joel. I mean, there's going to be so many kids in the transfer portal. It's kind of like almost becoming, okay, I'm either going to transfer or I'm done because there's going to be more kids than, than spots, uh, you know, around the country. And, and some of these kids who are jumping in the transfer portal, you know, at some point might be like, you know, I'd like to go back. And usually there's no going back. So it, well, that's, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. It's a different, it's a different recruiting phase that we really don't know how coaches are going to react. For example, and, I'm, and, and I don't think this is going to happen at all because I, I've gotten to know Rajay over the years um, and, and I've known him since he was a young kid. I know his dad, you know, the whole situation, the family situation and everything. Rajay Burns, you know, wants to, to make it at the NFL level. And in order to do that, he feels like now is the best time to come out. But what happens, you know, in, in two weeks or three weeks if he – if he decides, God, what I want, you know, he's a guy that I think that Louisville would definitely welcome back. Now, what if it, what if a guy puts his name in the transfer portal like Anthony Johnson, I think is a little different. He only has one year left. 
I'm not, you know, his reps went down low this week, this year anyway, towards the end of the year. What happens if he wants to come back? I'm not sure if there's a spot there available for him. You know, so there's different guys and it's just going to be interesting to see how um, the uh, the coaches and I'm not just talking about Louisville, but how all coaches handle the situation. Yeah, it's it's certainly unique. It's still, you know, while it's been around a little bit now, it's still kind of, you know, unique new and, and still kind of uncharted territory uh, or uncharted waters uh, as far as how this all plays out. And, you know, and like we saw last year, I mean, there's a, this, this, the transfer portal does lead to the end of football careers for a number of kids, just because the opportunities that they were hoping would surface don't surface. I mean, because you still have, you know, regular recruiting, filling spots and things like that. Now, 2020 being 2020, you know, with, you know, the availability of seniors to come back if they choose that changes things even a little bit more this year. So you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to, to track, not just from Louisville, but just to watch how it just plays out, you know, over the national landscape, you know, over the coming weeks. I mean, it's it's a unique situation for sure. Yeah, and uh, again, it's, uh, I've trained, uh, you check the portal, uh, I'm almost as now, I, well, now I do more often than, uh, uh, than you do, uh, than you do the commitment list because they've been committed for a long time. Uh, the portal is where uh, is where it is now. So it's a lot of guys uh, in and out of that portal. It'll be interesting. There's going to be you're right, though. There's going to be so many more guys in the portal than their spots for. Yeah. You know, and some will have to go down to the and, and maybe that's what they're expecting is to go down to an FCS level where maybe they can step in and have it be a starter right away and make a big impact. You know, but it, it's still it has this huge ripple effect because, you know, now, you know, you're potentially taking spots away from kids at, at that level. So. Uh, it, it's a whole new world. It's, you know, recruiting it just changes every year. That's that's uh, uh, that. You know, there's nothing uh, nothing else I can throw in there. That it, it, you know, it's an unknown game, and it, it will always remain that way. Yeah. Um, well, um, well let, let's see. I'm trying to think. If there's any more, if anything football wise. Oh, Prince Kali. Yeah. Let's uh, yep. let's let's yep. let's address that. Surprise. I think it. He could be the only surprise. I mean, from what I understand, the only uh, you know addition to the class as far as like a surprise late that nobody knows about. You know, they were still um, um, they were still recruiting that uh, Armand Bethea guy and some guys decommitted that uh, you know Canarius Johnson, you know, a wide receiver. They decommitted from other places, and I know the staff checked in uh, with those guys. Uh, but I think Prince Kali would be the only one, in my opinion, at this point, he seems like the only one that could be a possible uh, uh, addition, which would be a take as far as from the high school ranks moving into uh, the class of 2021. Obviously, he's ranked number 91 in the uh, he's, out, he's ranked number 91 in the. Uh, uh, the rankings as far as 24-7 sports are concerned. He is a four-star guy. He's committed to, to Notre Dame. Look, he's a guy that I think was very, 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 very close to committing to Louisville back in the summer. Um, he really likes Derek Nicholson. He loved the staff, um, loved the, uh, you know, the, 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 the idea of playing here and being kind of you know, the, 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 the guy who the expectations were on. Um, Notre Dame came in and uh, – uh, and, and swooped in and, and landed him. I think he committed in August or in late mid to late August. Uh, you know, Clark Lee is the uh, offensive or the defensive coordinator. He was his main recruiter, and now he's the head coach at Vanderbilt. So it'll be interesting to see over the course of the next couple of days can Louisville pop in there and uh, and and get him or not. Uh, I tend to think 
Um, if I had to put percentages on it right now, that it's more of a long shot now. Um, I, 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 cause I wonder what I was, what I've been told several different things that, um, you know, Notre Dame does expect it to be hard to, to keep on, to hang on to him. But I wonder the people around him wouldn't tell him then to just wait till February and do something, which, you know, Louisville would still, I think, hang in there and maybe keep a spot for him or definitely keep a spot for him. Um, but you'd like to get this wrapped up now because I think he's a guy definitely from what I remember, I think he was an early enrollee guy, too. So um, so if you you know, if he definitely is early enrolling, you know, it's it's uh, Michael, it's just one of those things. You know, uh, I mean, he's a really good player and Louisville uh, uh, has been kind of still in on him. Uh, even though he was committed elsewhere, that's why you got to keep the fires warm with uh, these guys that commit elsewhere. You're, you're not technically still, you know, after them as much as as you were, but you keep the fires warm, and he would be a huge addition for this class. Yeah, this is an example of why you never quit recruiting somebody. Just as when the, when the speculation of Scott Satterfield surfaced with South Carolina, a lot of Louisville's commitments started getting new text messages and, and DMs on Twitter and stuff from other coaches at other locations as well. And, yeah, we covered Prince's recruiting process, you know, throughout and really made a commitment and a very strong relationship uh, with Derek Nicholson and, and other guys on the staff. So um, that is still there. Obviously, Notre Dame losing you know, their, their coordinator to Vanderbilt. That's who his tightest relationship was, you know, was with it, you know, over in Notre Dame. You know, so it's clearly, you know, that's going to have an impact. You know, I think I think it's – pretty hard to speculate how it will end up at this point. I think it's probably still leaning towards uh, Notre Dame uh, like you, but uh, you know, a lot can happen as we've seen in, in, when it comes close to, to signing day, the last 48 to 72 hours or whatever, you know, before signing day, a lot can happen. So um, not, I don't think there's going to be many more other storylines. You know, this class is pretty much full um, as we've been talking about for, for months. You know, so there's not really much wiggle room to have any more surprises. So, this is obviously probably the biggest and maybe the only storyline other than potential grad transfers uh, you know, to happen in this recruiting class. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it'll be um, like I said, it'll be very interesting to, to find out. All right. Hey, um, basketball moving on. We'll do some stuff later in the week. We've got plenty to come on uh, on football uh, and signing day basketball. Really nothing to report. They're back at practice. They're still missing a couple of guys. Um, I, I had a feeling that they were probably not going to be able to play, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, during the week. I knew they had been trying to get something, uh, you know, to to continue to go down the road for the, the weekend. And today they announced that, that, that they're able to do that. Um, they're able to uh, uh, play Wisconsin. It'll be on ESPN, uh, too, at noon on Saturday. And, uh, and, it, and it's exciting to uh, it's exciting to see them back on the court it's been it's been too long and uh it's been 13 days since they've played um it will be you know almost uh, almost uh, three weeks till they uh, from when they last played so uh to get them back on the court and uh, and playing uh, is uh, is pretty awesome yeah and and they were playing great obviously you know four and oh better than i think everybody expected especially considering the injuries especially when you add in samuel williamson going down for for a little bit there you know so it was unfortunate. There was a lot of, you know, momentum starting to build, a lot of excitement starting to build. So having it yanked away like that, which, you know, that's kind of, we should be used to that by now already. Yeah, but still, yeah, it was difficult to deal with. So 
certainly exciting news to see that they're able to, to bring that ACC Big Ten game back on onto the onto the schedule for Saturday. And hey, you know, it's a big game for the ACC. I mean, the, it was you know, the first night of the of the challenge was pretty much all Big Ten. I think what was it six to one in favor of the Big Ten, and then on day two, ACC, you know, with a five game sweep. You know, so this 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 game potentially tie things up between the the two conferences. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of things on the Louisville shoulders going into that, but certainly it sounds like William, Sam Williamson back. I mean, that's what Chris Mack was talking about. They were probably going to have him, uh, if they would have played UNC, UNCG, um, if that game would have stayed on the schedule, he probably would have played a little bit in that game. So he certainly sounds like he'll be back, which is a huge plus going into a game with, against such a big opponent like the Badgers. Yeah. And it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure when, um, uh, the guys that have been contact traced, the positive, whatever they've been, whatever they've been, been dealing with. I'm not sure when all of those guys will be back. You know, Chris confirmed on Friday that they wouldn't have their whole roster um, together on, on, on Saturday. Um, if they didn't have them on Saturday, I doubt they had them on Sunday and hopefully they've got them today or tomorrow. So um, I, I know there have been guys that have been in and out. There's been others in and out. So it, it'll be, uh, it'll be, in, it'll be interesting to see just how, um, this team responds and plays after uh, some downtime. Nobody's, they've never had to deal with that before, but, the, but this time they have. Um, speaking of downtime, the women in the middle of downtime right now, uh, as they're playing, um, they're pausing. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I think it's um, a, a, an issue, from what I understand, not with just players, but also staff. So, uh, so I'll be interested to see. They weren't. They won't play uh, this week on Thursday. And from what I understand, I doubt they play. Um, I doubt they play on uh, this weekend. So hopefully we'll get them back next week, and we'll see if they can make up some games. You know, the the problem is you know, with all these games is like the NC State game uh, the, on the men's side of things. There's no way to make it up now. There's no where to make it up. You're going to have to get other cancellations uh in in order to wait to make it up so uh uh it'll be that way in the women's as well because the schedule set they didn't put any uh they did not put any open bye weeks in there at all so uh i'm not sure why they didn't do that because they knew this was going to happen but uh but that's uh that's the deal and you know we got the men back we know they play saturday uh we we know well they're scheduled to play saturday then they're scheduled to play uh, at Pittsburgh next Wednesday and then Kentucky the following Saturday. Let's hope they get all of that in moving forward. If they can get to the end of the year, get those three games in, get to the end of the year with seven games of the nine that were scheduled, then I think that's a win for them. And uh, we hopefully by the uh, by Christmas we can get the women back and, uh, and play in a couple games I think it'll be a win for everybody. All right. It's uh, it's definitely a win for football this week because they not only beat Wake Forest, but they also have a huge day coming up on Wednesday signing day. We'll do some uh, some video uh, stuff and some podcasts and everything else. We'll have it all for you here on uh, on signing day at CardinalAuthority.com. This has been your weekly edition of the Cardscast for Michael McCann and I'm Jody Dimling. We will see you on Wednesday. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.